Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 24th, 2021, and the Red Wings point streak has been snapped at one. They have gone 13 straight games without scoring a power play goal. That's 0 for 37 uh, in their last 37 chances. The National Predators score two power play goals in the third period to earn a 2-0 win over Detroit at Little Seas Arena and give Pekka Rene his first shutout of the season. Uh, we got lots to dig into in this one. Before we get to all that, I am your host, Detroit Sports Editor Nolan Bianchi. Today with me is not Ethan Smith. It is Scotty Bentley. You may remember him from our season preview episode. Uh, Scotty's going to be around a little bit more often. We'll explain, you know, probably on, on tomorrow's episode. Uh, but in the meantime, he's filling in tonight. He, we're here tonight. We're recording a post-game recap of this 2-0 shutout win for Nashville. Uh, Scotty, how's it going, man? It's going. What, what a great game for me to start. What a what a electric, just thrilling hockey game for me to for me to start uh, start filling in on. Just a great great uh, timing, timing by myself and, and everyone involved. Just truly a, a, an impeccable game to to recap. By that you mean horrendously boring. Uh, <laughs> This tweet from Max Boltman really summed it up. This is at the end of the second period. He goes, second period ends nothing, nothing. And other than the disallowed Forsberg goal, I cannot overstate the degree to which nothing has happened. And I like, I honestly, that put all the word, that was all the words that were inside my brain that I, I couldn't necessarily uh, put out there because it was really bad. And again, like I alluded to in the open, uh, the, the power play, the story of this one, again, it's, we, ha- I hate to keep harping on it guys. I really, really do. But Nashville scores two goals on the power play. And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, like the first power play goal that they, or no, the second power play goal they scored, the dagger, that was the uh, the cross crease one. Uh, that was almost identical to the first power play goal they scored in the first series, uh, which really kind of just set everything off on a terrible foot. Yeah, no, it was. And, and we, we talked about how bad the power play power play is rightfully so right the what what did we start the powerless play is that the powerless play yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so obvious i mean that's like on pace to be a record records well we'll see but like it's not looking good for like all-time standing (laughs) of uh, a power play percentage but this is is about to become an all-time stat right let's put it that way and so obviously we should talk about that and rightfully so but um that is not to say, I feel like almost uh, just because they're both special teams and, and the power play is historically horrible, that the penalty kill maybe isn't talked about as much just because people, when they talk about special teams, it's just, oh, well, we're, we're on pace to have the worst power play unit of all time currently. Um, and, and again, I'm not trying to say that doesn't deserve to be talked about, but the penalty kill as clearly highlighted in this game, uh, two nothing. Every single goal scored tonight 
was a power play goal and we got shut out. So figure it out yourself. But like the, the penalty kill deserves an immense amount of criticism as well. And I just feel like it kind of just gets swept under because the power play is, is even, is even worse, I guess. Yeah. And I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to find here uh power play percentage rankings. Let me see. Power play. The, um, so the Minnesota uh, yeah, so Wild the, scored. Oh, so they did. Oh, yeah, dead last by a country mile. So they're right. the, the Red Wings power play at 6.45%. Saturday, I think, they, their power play scored and, and got them out of last place. So now we are – if the season ended today, we would have the all-time worst power play percentage by, like – Not a, by, a like – Two and a half points. It's right, 2.54 right. <laughs> points they would, be, they would be trailing by right now. And, and yeah, exactly. the reason why I wanted to look that up is because the Nashville Predators' power play is not good. They're at right. 15% right now, eighth worst in the league. And like you alluded to before, their penalty kill is just as bad uh, at 68%. So, I mean, like just in, in terms of like an overall special teams, this is a series that you come into and you're thinking kind of like the first time that these two teams played, you're thinking to yourself, well, it's, it's something's got to give for both units on each special team, like all four teams and like something has to give and, and it just sure. so happened that uh today and like it has for pretty much any battle of something's got to give here thus far the red wings did not win it Correct. yeah no it, it's been like you said it's been the the story a reoccurring theme and it's it's honestly and this is me prop this is probably a stretch this is probably just me trying to make something positive that's not at all positive I think the race between, well, the Wild scores, maybe it's not as funny anymore, but the Anaheim's also way down there with power play percentage. Yeah, they're they're second worst in the league right now. Right. So so the 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 Ducks, Wild, and and Wings race to see like which person has the throne of worst power play of all time is kind of electric. Like you kind of tune in if you have the ability <laughs> to, you're kind of like you get a notification, you look on Twitter, you're like, hey, the Wild are on a power play. You're like, let me switch over to NBC. Yeah. Let's see what's <laughs> up. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, again, it's a stretch, but I feel like it's kind of an electric race, honestly. But, but a little yeah. bit. They're all under 10% right now. And that was actually a very good point that you made uh, a second ago about the penalty kill because the Red Wings did only have one power play opportunity today. And frankly, it wasn't the worst power play we've ever seen. They entered the zone with ease. They got some movement going. They got some shots on net that uh, had a chance to create something a little bit more. But at the end of the day, like you said, that penalty kill is just awful. And the first one, I mean, God bless Mark Stahl. I, I understand that, you know, his, <laughs> his, you know, goal expected goals for percentage or goals against uh, whatever it is right now is like, one of the better out of the defensemen on the team yeah. right now, but like this goal, like it was, it was a blatant redirect. He tried to, to stop a pass. It was a darting across the crease and it just bounced off his stick and went right over the shoulder of Jonathan Bernier who player of the game. Absolutely. Bernier. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, like I said, the other one was just a, a guy got left wide open and they let the cool. pass go 60 feet across the ice. And despite all that, Jonathan Bernier still in position to make that save. And I do want to talk to him about him a little bit. Cause that is kind of my first takeaway is this was the first time 
that a Red Wings goaltender, when both are healthy, have started two games in a row. Bernier has not done that. Grice has not done that. Grice has started multiple games in a row when Bernier was hurt. Uh, but neither of them have done that uh, when both were healthy. And I kind of raised the question on yesterday's episode, actually, that I kind of thought like Bernier was really starting to separate himself as this team's number one goaltender. And I'm actually glad uh, that this happened, that, that Bernier got the start tonight because Ethan was kind of like, eh, you know, I, I kind of think they'll start, they'll keep bouncing back and forth. And, uh, you know, when your backup is as reliable as Thomas Grice is and has been so far this season, like, I don't necessarily think it's the worst thing in the world to just say, hey, you're going to play one out of every three. And, you know, I'm sure you know, things will change uh, over the course of the season. It's a long season. There's lots of back-to-back games that will play into it. But right now, to me, when I heard Jonathan Bernier was starting tonight, I thought to myself, good. And that's not a slight against Thomas Grice. I just feel more comfortable with Jonathan Bernier in net. For sure. And I think I think it's one of those things where it may um, – A, it's healthy. Yeah. It's, it's healthy to have that uh, uh, goalie competition, I guess you would say, quote-unquote. That's never a bad thing to have. But also having a low-end starter – be your solidified backup is a good problem to have. That is not a problem at all. So Bernier, I think, you know, having the, the 50, 50 thing was fine to see, to see who would, I guess, win the job or be the full time. You are the starting goalie. That was fine for the time, but I I'm totally on board with, with this. And, And not only that, but I, I think that, um, I don't think this is a problem for either of them. I think it's, like I said, not only is it healthy, but it's also a, a very, it's not even a problem to have. It's just a yeah. very good depth is so important in, in all sports, but in this league, and especially with that position, nonetheless, like the days of, of anybody between the pipes for 80 plus games and is going to give you insane are, are becoming slimmer and slimmer as the sport gets more and more aggressive. And I think, that is not a bad problem to have at all, to have that reliable of a backup. Yeah. Uh, Red Wings also got a little bit manhandled tonight. They got out hit 33 to 16 and they could not stop turning the puck over. They trailed that 11 to five. Uh, Going to dig into a little bit more of the offensive problems in just a second. But first I got to talk to you guys today about rock auto. Dot com. That's right, folks. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Scott, I don't know about you. Are you a car guy? Sure. Uh, so you're, you're, you're more of a do it yourselfer. Yes. So let me ask you this. Why would you pay double, triple, even four times the amount of money for car parts or to even get your car fixed, uh, at like a a local body shop or, you know, a, a place that sells parts, when you can spend, you know, a fraction of the price, go to rockauto.com, do it yourself, feel like a real man and, uh, saves yourself some money in the process. Why would you do that? I, I, personally, I can't think of any reasons why I wouldn't. Well, well, I I, I got news for you, pal. Next time something happens with your car, because I know you're a smart guy, like working with your hands, do it yourself or just go to rockauto.com. Their prices are always reliably low and they're the same for for professionals and do it yourselfers. Like I said, do not spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts. Uh, Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and just write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you? They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. This is uh, Bertuzzi looking at Setaguchi across the ice. 
and your dead seems to be what uh, he's mouthing. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, moving into segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're here with Scotty Bentley of the Scott, well, the Scotty Bentley Show. The Bentley Show. The Bentley Show. Uh, go check out his new podcast covering all things Detroit sports Monday, Wednesday, Friday for an hour. You've even got a YouTube version. You're, you're cool you with letting people see your face, which is something that I have not voyeured uh, <laughs> out into yet. Uh, but maybe one day, who knows? Um, so, yeah, go check that out. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that at a later date. How's Scott? Uh, all right. The Red Wings got to find a way to generate more offense five on five. We've talked about the power play. Uh, we've talked about the special teams at length, but the fact of the matter is this team is not scoring five on five. And this was one of those games where, uh, I mean, Forsberg scored that disallowed goal in the second and with over 20 minutes to play, I'm sitting there thinking like, shit, that might be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's one of those games where um, you alluded to it earlier. It's one of those games where one Oh, seems like it's it's not possible and it's it's something that is spread across all of these sports in the city currently but like it, it's just there are some nights when you watch the red wings and they are down one goal with an entire period left to play and you're like well this is wraps you know what i mean like it that's it that's it and it it it's not even it's totally valid, I guess is my point. Like it's not, you can't be, you can't be upset or you can't be mad at anyone for feeling that way because they've given us no reason to believe otherwise. The offense doesn't generate anything. Um, obviously we've talked about at, at length, the power play. You can't even get excited about the power play anymore. You basically need it to be a power play for it to look like it's at even strength. And when we are at even strength, there is, I think the most frustrating part for me personally is that um, the shot on net numbers are not horrible. Like at least the last probably five games that they're yeah. not terrible. I mean, the days of, of the 2019 team where we're getting like 12 shots on net, like we haven't really seen that at too much yeah. lately. No, so like, like the first game of the season. And really that was kind of it. Like you said, with yeah. the, besides with those like sporadic. Yeah. Consistently we're, we're getting shots. So I think, I think it just comes with the growing pains of like, we, we finally are, are starting. We're better than we were last year. Obviously it's hard to be worse. It's impossible to be worse, but we're still very much a lot of talented pieces on the roster away from being able to capitalize on said shots. It's, it's a step in the right direction. If you're trying to find a silver lining to, to this season, I would say that that's definitely one that you can hang your hat on and be like, okay, well, you know, we still struggled, but at least we weren't getting outshot 25 shots a night like we were last year. Um, it's just, it's still frustrating, obviously, to not, to not net those. I, I agree that it is a step in the right direction. It's a necessary part of the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the problem that I'm having with it is, is like, if you were to, if, if you had like a straight up guess as to what the Red Wings shot totals were after this game without looking at the box score, like, what would you have guessed? I would have guessed right around like 14, 15, like that's what it truly felt like. And, and yes, they are, they, 
basically are, are going two to three with the Nashville Predators tonight in terms of shot attempts. But if we uh, go on over to evolvinghockey.com, we see the expected goals for Nashville has 3.3. Detroit has 1.28. So that means that they're, they're getting much better opportunities out of those shots. And I think that's what I'm having the most problem with is yes, they are, uh, you know, getting pucks on net in some degree, but like you never feel like they have a chance to score and, and just the amount of uh, unbelievable things that have happened, like really on a nightly basis, the things that just like make you shake your head and and disbelief like that Franz Nielsen uh, attempt in front of the net and Amestikov dished it right to him. Granted, Granted, I will say this in his defense, it's an, it's that, that's a tough place to score from. Like he's got a couple, he, he's got a couple guys around him. He's got a couple guys around him, but how in the world does that puck go up into the second deck concourse? I, I don't understand it. I, I tweeted it out. I go, I go, I guarantee because Franz Nielsen is addicted to shooting the puck over the net. Doesn't matter where he is. Doesn't matter what kind of opportunity he has. Mm-hmm. He's addicted to shooting the puck over the net. And I said, during the game, I tweeted out that the a little gif of it. And I go, I would bet 99, like I'm 99% confident that if Franz Nielsen was aiming for the, the, the netting up around the rink, he would have probably scored because like right now that's just what's going on with Franz Nielsen is he can't do what he wants to do in any capacity, despite the fact that he is like kind of getting chances here and there sporadically and, and sometimes really good ones. Yeah, no, he just had, uh, I want to say it was in the Blackhawk series. He had yeah. one one timer right in front of the net with the goalie, not in position and completely airmailed it. Yep. into another county, like completely down on one knee. Like it doesn't matter, bro. It literally doesn't matter. He, like you said, it is, he, he is allergic to not, to, to not doing it. He is, he is allergic to air mailing the puck. Yeah. Uh, so we did one, one of the cool things about this game we'll, we'll end uh, or not end, but we'll, we'll bring up some positive news here. Jeff Blasho won a challenge. I got to be honest, Scott, I, that when that happened, uh, because I, I also didn't think he was going to win the challenge. I didn't really think he had much of a case. And then when Mickey and Ken were de- uh, debating it, I literally thought to myself, like, ah, Ken's just taking devil's advocate here. Like there's no way this goal gets overturned. It ends up, they do overturn it. They rule that Gramland had a, you know, pushed, Bernier's pad or whatever the ruling ended up being and that goal gets disallowed and I thought to myself uh that is the juju that the Red Wings needed like that because because in my head I was like great he's gonna lose a power he's gonna lose the challenge they're gonna score on the power play it's gonna be back-to-back power play goals for the Nashville Predators to end the second and the third period's not even gonna be any fun uh but that didn't end up happening they win the challenge and then I thought to myself Red Wings by a billion that didn't end up happening either, but sadly, sadly. Yeah. No, the, uh, that play specifically was, was wild. The, um, that's, I didn't think he was going to win it either. Um, I also thought that the case that it was, uh, interference was kind of ridiculous. I thought it was, it was, I, I don't want to say anything stupid, but like, I literally looked and I went, there is no way that we are, that we are winning this. I, I was, confused a little bit at the time to be honest with you and yet um props to him man props to him clearly uh on the bench there they're pretty confident about it and um i i think it's funny that 
Mick was almost like like upset about it because he was wrong on Nashville TV, right? Yeah. Like he was like he was like he was like, oh man, like like oh you know you win some you lose some whatever. And they're like, no, like it's fine. Like the wings benefited from it. He's like, yeah, well I picked the other one. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I said I said it was going to be a goal, so like he was almost bad, which I thought was funny. But yeah, it was it was wild. It, it was I mean, it, you know, didn't end up mattering, obviously. But um, definitely, I, I agree with you. At the time, I thought it was because it kept it a shut. I kept it zero zero two. Kept it a tie game. I thought it was going to be something. And then, yeah. And really, like, and to kind of. Uh... I'm just kind of throwing out some notes here that I had from this game really to end the game to just not great penalties that you want to take. Like the Red Wings not only got scored on, on the penalty kill, but then they took one late. I, I believe it was a trip uh, by Mark Stahl, but they gave it to Adam Ernie for some reason. Like oh, it yeah. oh, okay. Fine. Okay. Well, can we weird. talk like the officiating was awful in this oh, game. <laughs> so John Merrill basically gets sent to the box for right. uh setting a pick and right. uh which you know whatever but like honestly it, it looked like incidental contact it just looked like two guys skating to the same place at the mm-hmm. same time you know what happens it, who cares if it's <laughs> uh you know maybe john merrill knew he was gonna skate there and wanted to get there first who knows i digress yeah you know he gets clipped he's bleeding uh and then the next thing you know phillips adina takes a cross check uh that like looks like that that was scary i thought phillips adina was like out for a minute i couldn't yeah, tell if he was holding his bad. shoulder i couldn't tell like how, if he went to the I boards or ribs i was nervous for like a rib something yeah i didn't scary. know and then and then he gets to the box and Mickey's like oh he's grabbing his bicep i'm like oh they popped his bicep oh my god <laughs> look how they massacre my boy my boy uh, yeah <laughs> and so uh they completely missed that and then like Two minutes later, uh, put Nashville on the power play. Uh, they, they, the Red Wings did end up getting a, a power play of their own towards the end of that, kind of. Uh, Yossi uh, interfered with Helm to prevent a breakaway. Uh, and, then, and then that was when they went 0 for 37. Um, but I digress. Like the officiating just across the board, not very good. Although I will say that that, that challenge was the one thing that they did that benefited the Red Wings. And just to kind of wrap up my feelings on it, I, I'm not saying that there is a conspiracy against the Detroit Red Wings in the 2021 season because that would be absurd. Yeah. But sure. you have a hard time convincing me that there's not not a conspiracy. That's a good Because, way like, the, there's just so many games where it's just so lopsided. And, and it feels that way. And I, I get, you know, you're, you're a bad team. You're probably not going to take, you're probably going to take a little more penalties because you're trying to make up for the lack of skill with uh, riskier plays that end up getting penalized. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, come on, it, it has felt pretty bad that yeah. there's discrepancy. Yeah, it has. And I think um, one of the weird things that attributed to it, I think a little bit, especially at the end of the game was we tried so I don't know what why but we tried so hard to this was the most physical hockey game we played probably in the like that we that we put on another team or at least attempted to uh, on the whole season like we we were trying to hit people and it didn't nothing came of it and not only did nothing come of it they played the uno reverse card and then they obliterated us yeah 
they bullied the hell out of us tonight. And I think that, A, you just have just pure frustration when that kind of stuff happens, just mental frustration. Um, but also trying to, to return face and completely botching it and ending up to having stupid penalties. The, the only moment where I felt like we won kind of, or, or that it might work, I guess I would say, is the Fabry hit, obviously. And yeah, I that was fantastic. Was happen, uh, but then a fight didn't happen, so it ended up kind of just being whatever. Um, but out, outside of that, like, moment, outside of that, like, 15-second, like, clip, I mean, they, they really bullied the hell out of us tonight. And I think that that not only had a direct correlation to – penalties but also probably had a direct correlation to our inability to get the puck deep because they just beat the hell out of us anytime we got past the face-off circles really yeah that uh that player talking about uh robbie fabry basically reverse hit nick cousins and uh nick cousins gets up all ready to fight and you know just so full of piss and vinegar and then uh philip perona kind of just slides in there and then my favorite thing is like when you can tell like a guy is backing off in real time like like he he registers oh circumstances have changed right. in terms of my physical combat opponent uh and he does one of those things where like he gets up like real real energetic because he thinks he's about to go after robbie fabry ends up seeing philip ronick there which i mean size wise it's not really that much of a difference but philip ronick's a beast uh and philip ronick kind of gets with him and he does one of those things where like he goes to like swing and then like halfway through he just kind of like it gives up and it dies halfway through. And, and then they just do that where they're just like slapping at each other's hands, you know, and it, it turns out to be one of those things. So that was He's nice. That, that was nice. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all right, how many other white jerseys I got? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I 100% agree with you uh, there that they, they got bullied. And like you said, it, it wound up showing on the, uh, on the scoreboard because I think they really struggled to get any sort of sustained pressure going because of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Let us get into our last points uh, from this game in just a second. But first, I got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. Now, Scott, I just mentioned to you when Jeff Blaschel went for that challenge, the Red Wings win it. I went to betonline.ag and I tried to put a billion dollars down on the Red Wings. Unfortunately, their uh, max bet for the spread in the Detroit Red Wings and Nashville Predators game on Tuesday night was only uh, 2,500. So that didn't end up working out. (laughs) Nevertheless, I really wanted to. And uh, I tried to encourage the fans at home to, if you also had the same belief in Jeff Blaschel that I did, in Jeff Blaschel's Detroit Red Wings that I did, uh, then you should also go to betonline.ag football might be over but the nba college basketball and nhl are in full swing bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way uh to place your bets and it's free to sign up so just head on over to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit that's with our promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n uh promo code locked on for 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit at bet online your online sportsbook experts thank god i didn't make that bet February is Black History Month, and the Lockdown Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of Black men and women in sports with a new series called Lockdown Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Lockdown Tar Heels and Erica Ayala 
of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come along with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are here at the Locked On Red Wings podcast, moving into segment three, just uh, wrapping up everything, uh, wrapping up our final points about this Red Wings and uh, riveting Red Wings and Natural Predators game on Tuesday night, which the Natural Predators won two to nothing. Uh, nothing makes you feel worse than after all that, uh, finding out that Pekka Rene, uh, that was his first shutout of the season, especially when Pekka Rene has been as bad as he, he, he has pretty much uh, for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. Leaking over into last season uh, was kind of the first blatant signs. And then he's been – um, I don't want to say horrible. I feel like that's a little, a little too much, but he has been not good this year, uh, really whatsoever. And um, it's really a, a nice little slap in the face when, when you <laughs> shut out by him. My, my favorite thing is that I don't know if they did it this game, but my favorite thing is when they the wings tweet out the like competition of like who's gonna score first and then they get shut out like half the time. Yeah, like, that's yeah. like my favorite thing. So <laughs> what I've started to do, I, at first I started actually guessing, and I, I was never right because I'm an idiot. But then like yeah, it's tough. I mean, and, you know, the, the odds yeah. are against you. And uh, admittedly, like ninety percent of the time after like game five, it was just Brome no matter what. Yeah. Um. So then they. Like they started getting shut out so much, so now I'm wondering if I start replying with no one, and then the hashtags that it takes to enter, do I win? I, I feel like no. You I probably like won't. No but like, if they had any honor, you would win. Right. That's what I'm saying. That so I might just start doing it out of principle. Like if if we <laughs> if I'm you know what I mean. Like just just hundred percent. Like 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 maybe do like a follow up tweet after the game. Like hey. I was technically right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like just out of principle, I, I, I think I might start doing I like that a lot. Uh, two guys who really could have uh, – the Red Wings could have used our scoring tonight, Anthony Mantha and Dylan Larkin. This team needs uh, Tyler Bertuzzi to get back. But, unfortunately, that has not been the case. I, I hope we get an update on that soon in one way or the other. Uh, but, nevertheless, these two guys, uh, you know, top-line guys from last season – uh, just have not been very good. They've tried them together. They tried them apart. Uh, I believe they put them together on the same line tonight, or they did put them on the same line together tonight with Darren Helm. Uh, and that was like not a bad line. Like they were getting some chances, but they were never, there was never really a, a moment where they really looked dangerous. Uh, Larkin and, and Helm had a pretty good opportunity kind of in that third period where the puck was just in the crease another one of those come on how does nobody even come close to burying that type of opportunities uh but nevertheless like larkin had assists in his last two games but has just three points in his last 10 and he still leads the team at points that to me is a massive problem anthony mantha we all kind of backed off of him after he had that uh nice little stretch after getting benched but he has just one goal and one assist in his last eight games. They need to find a way to get these going. They need these guys to get on the score sheet or otherwise I, I think really this is the, the Red Wings right now, they have the same record or around the same winning percentage as they did last year because these guys aren't scoring. And a lot of times last season, it was your top line scores and multiple times where you lose. And obviously 
that's not a very fair expectation to put on those guys and say, Hey, go get all of our goals. Mm -hmm. But you know, you need at least one out of them a game, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And, and frankly, they just, they simply have not been getting that. uh, And, despite the Broman Larkin goal, despite the Larkin assist two nights ago and that seven to two shellacking by the Florida Panthers. Like the fact of the matter is these guys are simply not involved enough in, in really any way. Yeah, no, I, I think the most frustrating part for me, and then this, I, I don't even really have a right to be frustrated about it because we are a rebuilding team. And, and I know what I'm, getting myself into with Blaschel behind the bench as well. He loves to, to blend lines and mix lines and stuff like that as is, not to mention when you're a, a team going through a, the depths of a rebuild. But I really liked in the Florida series, I, I really liked the Zadina, Larkin, and Mantha line. I thought that they looked pretty good that game. Um, and... I and look, we got to see Zadina at the end of the game today, which we were yeah, along with uh, Valteri Filpula and right. Darren Helm. Right, exactly. In the last, so, so we finally yeah. we've been we've been pounding our, our fists on the table to, to get Zadina in in crunch time, and they finally do, but they throw him out there with Darren Helm. Like, I, I just want, I just want the logic to make sense just for like thirty seconds. Like, I just want, I just want to to end a close game with, with those three on the same line. And I just want something to happen. Like, I just want to see, I thought they were a productive line in an ideal world. I, I would have loved to see them stay together. I understand Mantha's had a, a, a plethora of issues over this season, a roller coaster of a season. And you're trying to figure out what combo works for him. He looked okay when he was playing with second liners for that weird mishmash time today. Yeah. Was, like, yeah. For, for, I just, I don't know. I, I would really like to to not see Darren Helm in my first line, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> and you know what? Credit to Darren Helm. He yeah. Had not so bad of a game. No, he had, he like I, I just alluded to it, he had that uh, chance where the puck was sitting in the crease. He just couldn't bury. He rang a post in the first period. And then there was a time I, I honestly, for the life of me, cannot remember even what period it was in. Uh, but he was just like going to the corner and like digging pucks. And I go, I tweeted out, I was like, oh shit, we got 2009 Darren Helm tonight, huh? Okay. Uh but yeah, no, I, I agree. It just as a matter of principle, you don't want Darren Helm on your first line. And, uh, you know, we've seen late in games, the, the, the lines kind of go out the window. Things start to get a little bit yes. mismatched. Uh, but nonetheless, like this team is in trouble. If, if you got Darren Helm out there as your last gasp effort uh, kind of guy. And unfortunately, the, the combos that they're kind of working and reworking at the top of the lineup haven't worked for anybody. And and to me, I'm looking at it going, okay, like there's no reason why you shouldn't be able, like why you shouldn't go into every single game knowing for certain that you're going to get at least one goal out of your top two lines. Like it, it's, it's, it's pathetic. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and even to add on top of that, the fact that if you don't, it's a guaranteed loss. Yes. Like, and not even, not even the top two. We'll even make it more pathetic and say if, if, you, if you go into a game and someone from three hours if, – if the version of you from three hours in the future, okay, <laughs> let time hops back 
to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. He goes, yo, the first line tonight doesn't score. You go to our sponsor and you put all your money on the other team because we are not winning. The yeah. fact that that's a guarantee yeah. is ridiculous. That shouldn't be the, – the other three lines should not be so unbelievably unreliable and, and, and sad that – if the first line is not productive, the team is just a guaranteed loss. That is obviously we know the talent level we're dealing with and stuff, but just on a principle, you cannot just, you cannot have three lines that are so bad where if you shut down one of them, that the game is just over. That is yeah. obviously so far away from competitive hockey. Especially because that's the exact way that this team was last year and they've gotten objectively better. Like, I don't know what the yeah. analytics say uh, about like how the uh, second, third, fourth line have performed this season, but like, uh, or even like the quality of players or chances or whatever you want to say, like they have objectively gotten better. Like the, they didn't have anybody like Bobby Ryan on their second line last year, Bobby Ryan, for all intents and purposes, is a guy who every time he touches the puck, while he might not be the prolific goal scorer that he once was, you you get a little bit interested. You raise your eyebrows. That's the test, the eyebrow test. For do you sure. raise your for eyebrows? Sure. You do a little bit when he touches the for puck. Sure. When Philip Sedina touches the puck, you raise them all, all a little bit as well. You know, those are the types of things that we're talking about. Uh, but I also wonder, like, it just – and I know this is this is – a probably the longest standing criticism of Jeff Blashill, but that thing of, is it not working? Do you scrap it too early? Do they need time to get chemistry? Do you not want to, you know, bash your head against the wall with the definition of insanity of doing the same thing over and over again? Uh, whatever he says. And, and so like, I, I do give him credit to, to that degree, but by and large, like, this is your everyday roster with the exception of Bertuzzi. Like, am I, am, am I missing any, like Troy Stetcher wasn't out there tonight. So that no, was, but that was defense. It doesn't right. matter. And then it was uh, just Bertuzzi. I'm pretty sure they got Nemestikov back. So yeah. Everyone else is back. I mean, unless, I mean, if you're going like subjectively, like I feel like Giovanni Smith should be somewhere, but like, yeah, objectively. Yes. You're really just missing Bert. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that to me is a problem. Uh, like I said, with the fact that Tyler Bird, the fact that Dylan Larkin has three points in his last 10 games and Anthony Math has two points in his last eight, and they still rank one and two in points uh, on the team is just, it's, it's unacceptable. It's not anything out like too crazy of, I guess, what we expected. Uh, but you, you kind of just hoped that that wouldn't be the case this year. And so far, not a single person with the exception of Bobby Ryan in those first couple games has stepped up. Uh, Philip Zadina, I think is, is on his way. Uh, Robbie Fabry has been a reliable second, third line producer this year, mostly second line. Uh, so you do have that going for you, but a lot of times it, it's been coming for him when he's been playing with Mantha. So now it's like, Oh shit. Well, now do you leave Larkin by himself? And, right. you know, and it's just like that, that, the all or nothing propositions where your all is still not that much and your nothing <laughs> is really, really historically bad nothing, nothing, yeah. is just, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a rock and a hard place. So. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why I think we miss, we miss Bert so much. I think I actually said this on the, the last time I was a guest, but like Bert's one of those players where he will give you the production of whatever line you put him on. If you put him 
on the third line. Yes. He will play productive. Like he will give you stats that look like a third liner. If you put him on the second line, you, he plays to his line. And while some people may view that as a criticism, if you play, if, if we were a good team, that might be viewed as a criticism, but for now that's that versatility is so, um, is so important. And so, yeah, just, just important. It, it, it's huge to be able to plug him in to anywhere and no, no matter where he plays, he will mesh with whoever. We're seeing Mantham is not meshing a lot with the first line every night. Um, and that's why we're, we're trying to do this, this line puzzle of, of trying to mix and mash people all the time when, when Bert, that's why he's so valuable because you can put him with, with anyone. You can put him with, with your fourth line and he yep. will be a damn good fourth liner and he will just play and, and mesh perfectly with whoever's around him. And I think that's why we miss him a, a little extra tonight, especially with the physicality as well, but just really in general, why he's so important to this team and, and the depths of a rebuild that we are currently in. Uh, one more thing before we wrap it up, there was a report that came out uh, during the game. Frank Zaravelli of TSN's Insider Trading said that that teams have started to call uh, the Red Wings about Bobby Ryan, NHL faceoff leader Luke Len Denning, and uh, our good friend Mark Stahl. Which uh, I mean, wow. if they can they can basically take a guy who they got a pick to take and then gain assets from that. Uh, as much as people love to shit on Mark Stahl. The fact that we've only had to watch 20 games of him and then he nets you Theodore Niederbach and then whoever else he gets uh, in the future, in the future, like Red Wings fans should honestly be kissing this man's feet. Uh, and also, you know, with that, that nice goal he scored for the Predators tonight helped you sink a little bit lower in the lottery standing. So that was pretty nice too. Uh, so yeah, those, those three names got put out there by Frank Saravelli tonight. We will probably dig into them. I would imagine uh at some point fairly recently maybe even tomorrow uh they got an off day or you know game day or whatever you want to call it we're not going to break down what to watch for in this next national predators (laughs) game because guess what you know we're going to be watching for the same shit you watch tonight uh but just hoping that they win uh so yeah that that might be something we'll do in the uh in the very new feature but scotty uh any closing thoughts before we wrap this thing up uh if I don't care if someone gave us a half empty bag of chips for Mark Stahl. That is a, a massive win. Like literally it, it does not matter what the return is. It could be a seventh rounder 16 years from now. That's a massive win because we literally were just taking on salary just to be able to get a pick. So if we can dump said salary, we literally basically just get a free pick. So Anything is something. If that happens, I'm a Mark Stahl stand for life. Uh, besides that, <laughs> that's uh, uh, just another day in the life of, of some good old Red Wings hockey in the year of 2021 is pretty much what we saw tonight. You got to love it. All right. Uh, press subscribe. Uh, the next episode will be waiting for you when you wake up tomorrow morning. It's the only way to make sure that you never miss an episode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Scotty, you are at Bentley Scotty, correct? Nailed it. Nailed it. Bang. Uh, then I'm at Nolan Bianchi. So we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.